Welcome to The Book Report, the podcast where we do book reports on books we haven't read since the last time we did book reports. My name is Natalie, and my pronouns are she, her. And my name is Dwayne, and my pronouns are also she, her. Remember the Animorphs? Neither do we. This week, we are reading The hork Bajir Chronicles by Kay Applegate. This was written in 1998. It's one of the, like, offshoot books from the main series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, hey, Natalie, do you remember what happened last time? last time was a Tobias book mm-hmm. where we met some hork who had been free or they they freed themselves rather from the Yerk. Um, yeah. And the Elemis showed up and again was a jerk. Yep. Um, I think that's a pretty good summary of last time. I think, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So I wrote a book report. Um, mm-hmm. The thing is that this book is very, very long. It's also in my opinion, one of the densest books we've read. We learned so much in this book. Like, I genuinely think it answered a lot of the questions that we had, like, at, when we started the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I think this is a really interesting one, but there's a lot to cover. So apologies in advance for my book report being um, 150 pages long, but I put a lot of opinions in there, which I think you're going to love. Great. I love that. Okay. Um, cool. Okay. <clears throat> so here's Natalie's book report. The hork Chronicles is an offshoot book in the Animorphs series. It's technically not part of the main series, but it is canon. In this book, Tobias goes to the hidden hork Valley and listens to a story told by Jarahami about the history of the hork and the lights and Yerks. And oh boy, does a lot happen. None of it is good. <laughs> the story is told by three main characters, an Andalite named Aldrea, a Yerk named Espelin, and a hork named Doc Hami. Um, Aldrea is the daughter of Ciro, the fool who gave the Yerks technology. We learn a lot more about what happened. It seems the Andalites were the dominant species in the galaxy, and they showed up at the Yerk homeworld with a bunch of guns and were like, oh, we're trading partners. Uh, we're trading partners now. So the Yerks played along and feigned ignorance. Oh, what's space? Oh, technology? Never heard of it. Sierra hands them weapons and guns. This is a gun. Don't shoot anybody. Okay, kids, have fun. These are not exact quotes, but honestly close enough. The Yerk obviously do shoot somebody. They kill all the Andalites on their planet, steal their ships, then pick up a quarter million Yerks from a Yerk pool and Z space out of there. Obviously, this is bad. As a result, Ciro is basically exiled and given busy work on faraway planets. He and his family are sent to the hork planet. At this point, we learn that Dakami is a different kind of hork He's a seer, and his birth meant to indicate that something big, some big change is coming, and he will have to guide his people through it. Aldrea and Dakami become... <laughs> you wrote Dak- <laughs> Dakami. Yeah, I, I- I misspelled that. <laughs> uh, Aldrea and Dakam B become friends. She teaches him about the rest of the universe and technology and introduces him to the concepts that aren't part of hork culture, like lying, manipulation, and selfishness. Uh, in the meantime, Espelin 9466 is hanging out in his yerk pool, hoping he'll have the chance to invade a host body once they manage to find a body that works. He's obsessed with having eyeballs and nothing will stop him from seeing whatever the heck he wants. Uh, he becomes an expert on Andalite, so he will be up for a promotion to Yerk in a host body instead of Yerk in a Yerk pool. He is given the first hork body, and that leads to the Yerks leading that they will capture the planet and take all the hork as their slaves. When the Yerk invade, they first destroy the Andalite settlement and kill Aldrea's entire family. Aldrea swears revenge and that she will kill every single Yerk out there. She convinces Dakhemi to help her fight the Yerk. He knows that if they don't fight all the hork will be enslaved. But if they do fight, it will lead to war and death for his people who don't even have the concept of war. Aldrea tries to manipulate and bribe him, but he, also, but he sees 
He also sees right through that and calls her out, which she deserves. They run into the deep of the planet and miss the area full of horrible monsters. They somehow make it through and end up in a seemingly abandoned city in the center of the planet. It turns out it's not abandoned. It's actually filled with a species that created the hork in order to keep the trees alive. This species truly doesn't give a shit about anybody except themselves and only decide they'll help a little bit once they realize that if all the hork are killed, then their precious trees will die. Thus begins a seven-month-long war where which the Yerks are definitely winning against a small but very angry group of hork and Aldrea. A lot of hork are caught in the crossfire. Aldrea hatches a plan to send a message to the Andalites in the hopes that they'll come stop the Yerk. Um, a lot of shit happens that I don't want to write out, but the important thing to note is that she morphs into, in front of Espelin 9466, and he is now desperate to get in her brain so he can morph too. The Andalites finally come after seven months. They show up incredibly unprepared, they decide that they will probably lose this war with the Yerks and the Andalite leader, Prince Aloran, decides to make a biological weapon that will kill every single hork in order to prevent the Yerk from building an army. To make an already long story short, Aldrea and Doc Hame steal the virus and try to make sure it doesn't escape. Uh, they fail, and in the meantime, Aldrea morphs into a hork for over two hours and gets stuck that way. And then there's some romance because Aldrea and Doc Hame are in love or something or whatever, even though Aldrea has been insanely manipulative. At the end of Jara Hami's story, we learn that Jara is the grandson of Aldrea and Doc Hami. We also learn that Espelin 9466 is Disser 3, which is a surprise to nobody except Tobias. The end. Did you like it? Wow. Wow. It was a long um, one. It was long. It had a lot of opinions, though, and I really do like that. Natalie, I think I'm going to do something I haven't done before. I'm going to give you a, a B. No, I'm going to give you an A. Oh, thank God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hey, I'm that's you great. An F. Oh, no. No, I'm going to take the A that you said there in that moment, and I'm going to take it and run with it. Yeah, no, this is really good. It was long, but also this book was really dense. This um, book was dense and very long. It, it definitely had, it captured all the important stuff. You also have my favorite typo ever, which is Doc Hamby. <laughs> Hamby. <laughs> He's a bee made of ham. <laughs> so I'm going to think of him now from now on as Doc Hamby. Yep. Okay, so a little bit different this week. Normally, obviously, we do our, like, uh, classes at the end of when, we, when we're done, like, shit-talking the book. We, like, do classes on something. But uh, this book is so dense, we're actually not going to do that. We're just going to talk about the book the whole time. Yeah. Uh, this uh, is a seminar-level regular- course. Yeah, I was going to say our regular books, are, our regular episodes are more like like a high school class. This is like, we're, we're PhDs now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're really diving into the details of the Animorphs canon. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot to cover. We met a lot of new people. We learned a lot of new facts. We got deep in the mind of a year. It's pretty great. Yeah. Um, so let's just talk about who our new characters are and also a couple species. Okay. Uh, and- First up is one of our narrators, Aldrea Iskilon Fallon, mm-hmm. who is the daughter of Prince Ciro. Uh, we also just sort of briefly met his family, which I just thought we would make a note of it. Prince Ciro had a wife and a son. All three of them are dead. Aldrea is the only one who survived. Yep. Uh, and she's like average Andalite teenager, I guess. Teenage girl. Yeah. yeah. We, we try to met... make her like a relatable teenage girl, but, you know, we'll yeah. talk about that. Uh, we also met... Uh, Doc Hami, who's the seer, and he's the hork Um Yeah, I, I, he must be the hork on the cover of this book. 
Yeah. Um, I assume yeah. Aldrea is the, the Andalite on the cover too. Yeah. Uh, we met, well, okay. We didn't really meet, but we sort of met Espelin 9466. I think they call double six. Um, yeah. He is this or three, but like before he was this or three. So we've actually met him before, but like. This is his origin story. Yeah. Um, and then. It's a pretty good, good one too. It is. It's a pretty good one. And kind of connected to that, we meet Prince Aloran Semiter Chorus, um, which is the Yerk, is the Andalite that uh, Visser Three eventually ends up in. So yeah. we actually met both of Visser Three's like halves, um, but just separately. Yeah, and um, technically we've met Aloran before when he's momentarily Yerkless yes. when Axe tries to kill Visser Three, um, but that was very brief. Yeah, um, so that was cool. Uh, and then two new species. We got the Chadu, which are like a small bird-like creature. Aldrea, Aldrea morphs one of the sort of towards the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. And then the Arn, which are the species that made the Hork-Bajir. Uh We met yeah, one of them. You yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, they live on this planet that we'll talk more about, but like they're the original inhabitants of the Hork-Bajir homeworld. Yeah. We met one who has a name, and I'm going to try and say his name. Do it. But I didn't look up a pronunciation guide ahead of time. Um, Quatsinikon? Quatsinikon? I was thinking Quatsinikon. Quatsinikon? Maybe. Yeah. Um, he's the only one we have a name for. There are a lot of them, but he's the only named one. Um, we also learned that they're pretty dumb because their response to the Yurks, uh, instead of fighting them, was just to make it so that Yurks couldn't get into their brain without killing them. But they didn't really think that plan through very well. Yeah, they, they're just like very selfish little creatures who they, they're like, we don't really care if the Yerk are killing people. We're just going to make sure the Yerk don't kill us by making that so they can't get into our brains. But then the Yerk are like, okay, we'll pick you up and shoot you then. Like, it just, it makes yeah. no sense. They're a very strange species. We're not going to get into a ton of detail about them in the rest of the book. So just throwing that commentary in there. Yeah. Um, it also doesn't seem like they're a species that's going to come back. No, and they're, like, truly uninterested in helping anybody with anything unless they have a selfish motivation to do so. Like, they they just don't care. They just want to be left alone in their weird little core of a planet. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So talking about the the book itself, this one's kind of interesting in that um, it immediately follows the last book. Like, immediately. Um, Immediately follow it, though? Oh, I think it's, I thought it was immediate. Like, I literally thought, like, to buy like it's like the next day or something well the reason why i ask that is because there are a bunch of other hork bajir and also they have children oh wait yeah you make a good point huh i straight don't up didn't make think it clear that. in the book how long is between the two That's i don't a good think point. but the, yeah you're right you're right it's definitely been some amount of time we don't know how long it takes Hork-Bajir to have children, but, like, it's been yeah. an amount of time. But there are, there's at least one Hork-Bajir child who is, like, running around, so he's not, like, dependent, or it's not dependent on his mother. Yeah. Also, although I do also think that um, other Hork-Bajir have escaped. I think that's also kind of the implication. Yeah. Because I think there are, there's kind of, like, a crowd of Hork-Bajir. Yeah. So that's a good and point. It's not immediate. We know they don't live as long as humans, but still, like, for them to have a child, for there to be other hork who are adults who are living there who have escaped, it's been some time. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, Tobias goes there, um, and the story's, like, framed 
around him being there. So the first and last chapter are like the bookends of the story of yep. him being like, ah, tell me a story. Ah, the story has ended. And that's it. Well, so I put a question in our notes, which was, I just, I was really curious how much were you predicting what was going to happen and how many of your predictions came true? Um, basically, not, like I had no idea. So I started reading this book and I was like, oh, I know it's going to happen. It's going to be like a romance between Aldrea and Zach and it's going to be whatever. And I mean, that's I true. Know, the Yerks are going to show up at some point and like do some stuff. And maybe like Aldrea and Zach are going to like escape the planet. I don't know. Um, but I have to tell you, like about halfway into the book, I was like, so we're at the end of the book now. Like this is the end. Same same and then, and then i was like going. oh god it's got another half of the book oh no because like ha- the halfway through the book they are with um they are going down into like that the father deep stuff and they're in that little like planet part and like when they talk to all those aliens the to the, uh, the arn mm-hmm. i was like okay so talk to the arn and that's gonna be the end of the book yeah that's what i thought and, too and then it was like and then it was seven months of war i was like what this yep. book is getting rough. It got really I just, rough. I just didn't know. Well, so I predicted Honest. a couple things. Yeah. One, as soon as, uh, well, because I didn't have the back of the book to read, so well, I, I actually didn't, didn't know anything. I didn't read the back because I forgot that it existed. <laughs> oh, great. Well, so as soon as we got to Esplin's, uh chapter, I was like, oh, this is Visitor 3. Like, the yeah. second we were talking yeah, to a yeah. Yerk, I was like, obviously, that's Visor 3. And then as soon as he was like, I love eyeballs, I was like, 100% Visor 3. Like, only Visor 3 that would say he's into say. eyeballs. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. The other thing that I thought would be the way I thought this was going to go, and it didn't, but it would have been cool, was, so she's one of the only ones that has morphing technology, right? Aldrea, mm-hmm. I mean. And I was like, she acquires... A Lauren, uh, Prince Aloran at one point so that she can pretend to be him and sneak into uh, an area and I was like is she gonna be in in his morph for longer than two hours and be stuck as Prince Aloran and then Visor 3 is gonna get Aloran that way and that maybe the Aloran when that isn't the real Aloran but is Aldrea morphed into Aloran then he wouldn't uh, be able to morph yeah, I know. I, it didn't happen that way. And I was, it was like 10 p.m. at night and I was really <laughs> tired and I was done with this book, but I did write it in big notes across the whole page. Like, is this what's going to happen? Because I, because if it did happen, I wanted proof that I thought it, right. but then it didn't happen. That's my good story. Yeah, this book definitely was like a lot of twists. Didn't see it coming. Um, I didn't read the <laughs> side thing, but I also, when the year it came in, I'm like, this is three. Um, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i and then also the other thing that i did peg was i was like doc Hemi, he's related to jara in some way because like well, they it, have the same last name so yeah. kind of a giveaway yeah so i was like he's, he's related like that i pegged but like that was pretty obvious yeah um all right can we yeah. talk about hork bajir homeworld which is my favorite planet in this entire story at this point yeah it's so yeah. rad it's it's honestly cool the coolest design. planet and i was thinking like this is cool world creation stuff in the Animorph series. Okay, so the idea is it's a, it's a planet, but its entire equator is basically blown out. So it has like a huge valley because it was hit by an asteroid at some point, but the planet stayed together somehow. And so it has a core holding it together, but it's just like two halves around that core. And the valley, like it caves inward and 
at the top of the valley are all of these trees that are enormous and they kind of like grow a little bit sideways so that they form this like strange area. It's a little bit flat. It's got some like mm-hmm. sat walls, sides there, you know, and that's where the, the Hork-Bajir live. But then there's a second layer of the valley where there's this like blue mist and there's all these monsters and it's like a barrier so the hork can't get through because they're afraid of it. But then the layer below that is the Arn home world where they just have their society and they hang out and they don't give a shit about anybody. But that's just such a cool planet idea yeah. to me. Like I, I loved that as a concept. It was great. And um, like the, the mythology yeah. they have around it, like the Father Deep stuff and like I thought it was really cool yeah. and smart. And it just explains it just it was such a cool and different kind of planet. Because I think a lot of times sci fi falls into the the sort of area of making a planet and it's just basically earth but it's like red or something yeah totally this is a and really this was cool like alternate truly design. very different yeah yeah um and then there's also so we learn okay well actually let me say this first there was a lot more shit we talked about this last episode but there's a lot more shit about the hork being dumb yes and like like um prince Ciro, the fool he even, he's like, they don't have any culture. They have no written language, no music that we know of. They don't build much. And like, he's, he's basically wrong on all counts there. Mm-hmm. But like, they all just assume that the hork are dumb. And the Arn even say, like, we created y- all of you. And we designed you to be docile. And, and like, we couldn't really get rid of your intelligence. But we tried. We tried. Uh, but it didn't work. And so, it, Yeah. What really kills me about that is in this book, the way they're written is that they're kind of dumb. Like the writing of them feels like they're stupid. And I, I hate that. Um, it's a shift from the last book for sure. Yeah. It feels a little bit, a little bit more like, like it's true in this book only, except for the fact the reason, the only reason why it doesn't feel like that is because Doc doesn't talk about his relative, like his family being stupid. Yeah. Um, he knows that he is capable of learning different things than they are capable of learning um, and that they definitely will follow him because they think of him as being like special. a leader yeah. and special um, but the way like it's but the he doesn't truly think his people are stupid yeah and he knows the condescension that they're not. from the other species who are like you're dumb you're a tool yeah. we don't care about you and like nobody in this series or in this book uh, in this one book um, aside from from Doc, see his people, see Horpuzier as anything but a tool. Like even Aldrea doesn't yep. really see him as anything but a tool. Totally agree. And it's so and that was it was depressing. awful. Yeah, it was awful. Um, there was one part where I was like, "Really, this is what's happening in Horpuzier land, and you're going to call them dumb?" Which is that they communicate. Like, there's multiple Horpuzier groups. They're not all just like it's not one group. You know, there's multiple. There's thousands of them, and the way that they communicate over long distances is every region has one particular tree that they basically turn into a giant violin. And they they string up vines of very particular lengths so that they play very particular notes. And then they use other smaller trees to like, as like a bow against those vines to form notes, which has its own language that they all speak. Like they all speak this musical language. And it's like, Earlier in the book, you were claiming that they're dumb and they don't have any music. They have, a, they have two languages that they use. Their spoken language and their musical language that they use to communicate. Like, 
Yeah. That's ridiculous. They, they invented a giant violin and you're saying they're dumb? What? And also, like, I was thinking about, like, there are, there are language people on Earth who speak, um, who use music in languages. Like, I've seen videos about, I think maybe it's Greece. There's some place where it's a small area where people communicate over distances with whistling. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen like, that, too. Which is, am- first of all, that's amazing. I wish I could whistle just in general well and, and especially well enough to, like, be understood to tell by someone else. something. To like, yeah. like we could gossip like across town. Yeah, hell yes. yeah. Um, so I thought that's really cool because I also think that there is a tendency to dismiss some languages as being like dumb. You're dumb. Yeah. And and I think we talked about it last episode a little bit, but like it's a thing with like immigrants. People are like, oh, you only speak Spanish. Stupid. But yeah, that's not stupidity. That's, that's they not, speak the whole language. That's just racism. Yeah. yeah. Um, and especially calling people stupid when they speak their first language and then they speak a second language not as well yeah um and then there's also a part like where um prince Lauren like laughs in dak's face and is like you're not gonna help me with anything and then dak like has to show him up he has to like have his seat at the table right like he has to like proclaim that he deserves to be there but it's um and it works in that like he is for the moment listened to but then immediately after is dismissed again so it's just, it's like there's they can't win like he isn't even open to seeing Dak as a as being a, a, as anything. a sentient like he, person like he doesn't even acknowledge him basically yeah and and the andalite are like they insist upon keeping the hork like very far like at arm's length and like you're just animals like it's it's yeah so strange and gross and bad but which leads me to me- my main takeaway of this book, which is the Andalites continue to be bad guys. They're yeah. not good. We should not trust them. Yeah. And, and I would say, actually, this book gives us, gives us a lot of context for the culture that Axe comes from. Because I think there is this sort of, like, Axe, and, and I, I think especially the Animorphs, when they don't know a lot about Andalites, they kind of paint the Andalites as, like, snobby. Evolved. Well, but I think, like, the Animorphs experience, the pre-Axe in particular, Mm-hmm. Because they don't really know the Andalites, they just know the Andalites gave them this morphing technology. Uh, and even after they meet Axe, there's a certain amount of like, the Andalites are evolved, and the Andalites do this, and they can do space travel, so they're really smart. Um, and I think this book gives a lot of context for like, yes, the Andalites have space travel, but they are not good at teamwork. They, they don't know how to do communication. Like Communication is a real shortfall for them. They don't have a lot of the ability to like, do risk assessment. They just don't seem to understand how to do risk assessment at all. Um, they're bad with resources. Like they know how to build a spaceship, but they don't know how to deal, understand like the resources that they have at hand in terms of like, we have a whole other species of, of people here who like have skills, who have information. And instead of treating Dak as someone who's like an expert on his planet and on like, and also like Dak is clearly an expert on his planet because he lives there. Yep. So if you're trying to fight a guerrilla war, and that's what they're doing, on his planet, the person who you should be talking to the most is Dak, because he's the person who's been fighting that guerrilla war, and he's the person who's the expert about his people, and their abilities, and the, the actual physical world that they're on. Absolutely. And it's the also, don't um, have that ability to understand that. It's also like the Andalites, like we learn that they have been the dominant species in like the galaxy. Um, it's like they've been the dominant species for too long. Like yeah. they, they're just like, we're going to win. They're arrogant. 
Yeah. You know, they think we're, we're going to win. We're the best. Literally anybody else, they can't help us. So it doesn't matter. We'll do what we want. End of story. Which is also yeah. how they get into this problem in the first place. Like Prince Zero, like entirely for his own benefit. Like he, he wasn't just trying to be kind. It's called Zero's kindness, right? But he's not trying to be right. kind. He's like trying to manipulate and bribe them into being trading partners. Yeah, and it just seems like the Andalites seem like an aging society that because they haven't had to be competitive or they haven't had to, to they haven't felt vulnerable. They just don't, they just are like, we are right. We are never wrong. We can't be wrong. And we've never been challenged in a way that we feel threatened by. So what we do is right and we don't need to ever change ever, which Boy, is how you end up being useless. That sure does feel kind of familiar, doesn't it? It does. I was thinking about that just now. I was like, oh. Are Andalites America? Yes, I actually think they are sometimes in the analogy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they are kind of what I, I would call the Andalites a declining empire, mm-hmm. which really leans into the America thing. Oh boy. All right. Um, um, yeah. So even the way they approach gender is fucked up. Yeah. Talk about, let's talk about that. Because I, I made a note about this at the beginning, even at the very beginning of the book, um, we are learning about like the Andalites. Um, they do the classic. Um, I'm cool. I'm not like other girls because Aldrea literally says, "You see, I'm not like most females." Which I, I, I got so mad when I read that. I was like, "Oh, I'm not like the other girls, really, really." Well, I would it's, like to tell you, cheap and lazy writing is what it is. I would like to. Well, okay, I agree, but I also think it's a little bit in keeping with a teenager. Um, okay. I'm just saying. You with your empathy for the characters. I'll stay over here with my anger at the author land. But I don't, I do think, I think this is a choice that makes sense if you are writing an Andalite teenager. Sure. Like, um, but like I think. She's an Andalite teenager. She's not a human teenager. But I think the Andalites are like, this is this sort of attitude about like their gender roles and like, and, and how strict they are about it. That's also an Andalite trait. Yeah, true. True, so true. She's raised in society um that has these beliefs anyway but what i really want to read more than that because it made me laugh i'm not content to stay in the uh the sciences and the arts the traditional female occupations first of all i feel attacked as an artist um <laughs> i don't want to be now here are the jobs that are women's jobs in and the light home world i don't want to be a zero space theorist or a grass a grasscape designer or a cloud artist i thought those okay first of all i know gender roles are bad however those are sound like amazing jobs <laughs> However, I do want to be a cloud artist. Same, I would totally honestly. be a grasscape designer. I probably don't want to be a zero space uh, theorist. Theorist. I don't think I want to be a grasscape designer. I think I would want to be a cloud artist, or as we later learn, uh, or we learned before in another book, the morphing people, the morphing artists, who just like that's their art is that they morph really pretty. Well, and also Aldrea tells us. And many studies have shown that females are actually superior when it, when it comes to morphing. Mm-hmm. Which, um, that was a weird thing to say because she then says that it's really new technology and nobody knows about it yet. Yeah, no, it does make a lot of sense. But, um, okay. but I just, I really, I, yes, the gender stuff, I think Aldrea's attitude is shitty for most of this book, but I also think that, that, that it makes, like, I think that if she'd written as super enlightened and woke and cool, that wouldn't make any sense for where she's from. Yeah, or where she goes in this book. Yes. So, like, yes, yeah. sexism, but also, I don't think that's K.A. Applegate being, buying into that so much as it is Aldrea is buying into that. Yeah. 
and she doesn't have like people in her life who are saying things like you shouldn't believe that that's bad because it seems like andalites don't really have they gender theory uh theory stuff to your, going on to your point you wrote here that prince aloran is a sexist jerk he is a jerk i hate him what, oh, because what was the quote you were going to pull out oh i will tell you hold on while i go to this page of my book because i didn't like him but i didn't highlight a quote probably because at that point i was really sleepy but i would love to hear it um so this is when when um he shows up and he's basically got like no ships like nobody there's nothing happening um and Andrea's like like what the fuck uh that's not enough people uh he says days after we heard your message from from here we received intelligence reports that the year fleet was in sector two the main fleet is there we assumed that since that because you dot 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 he didn't finish i'm just a female and the daughter of prince zero so you assumed i was a fool so he was like a lady needed help probably it's no big deal yep uh so he's a jerk i mean he's generally a jerk it's not just sexism he's just generally the worst but i do yeah. pull that out as someone who like and those are the adults who are in her life and there's nothing about this book that would make me think that her dad was different uh her dad is clearly not great right so like it's not like yeah. it's not like her dad is saying to her like you can be anything you want you can be a cloud cloud artist or a warrior or a the zero space theorist or a whatever other job that there are in the light home world so like it's not like her dad is telling her something different her mom is i guess a scientist which i guess is like a female job yeah. um so it's not like there's anybody in her life who's saying to her you don't have to do those things yep um the other thing that i noted about the andalites is that like broad like you were just talking about their their culture and like broadly their culture is one of uh selfishness they want what they as individuals want and and when it aligns with what society says you should want they take advantage of that and otherwise they ignore it uh and they use bribery rather than trust or friendship or morality to decide their actions or like to get what they need their their like default mode the first thing these andalite characters do is try to bribe or manipulate someone into doing something yeah it's never cooperation again i to me that really speaks of like a species that hasn't like they felt so unchallenged and like everything's in their grasp for so long that they don't feel like they need to work with you because they are smarter than you so they're just going to to win yeah which if you don't agree we'll just kill you well it's an attitude we've seen with axe too like axe definitely Mm -hmm. thinks he's better than the animorphs and it's part of why he keeps so many secrets from them even when he he should not and even when his secret keeping is destructive to their mission yeah he won't work with them yep but like i think that that's just a general like it's one of the things that drives me nuts about Axe, but I think this book makes it so much clearer. Like, that's not just Axe, that it's culturally the way that Andalites are. They don't believe in Which, sharing information. Not good. No. Um, also, just a couple, like, I have a, two quick notes here that are just, like, interesting things we learn. Z, zero space, Z space, it can mm-hmm. shift. And so they actually don't know how far away the Andalite homeworld is from the Hork-Bajir homeworld because mm-hmm. they don't know what Z space looks like right now. Which I thought that was wild. I was like, why would you use that as a foundation for travel then? But okay. I wonder if that's something that's changed more in like, as because this, this book is old, not old, but like the, when this all is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chronologically in the story, it's, it's in the past. Yeah. So I wonder if that's changed at all. It doesn't matter that much. But I'm just curious. No. Um, and then the other thing we learned is that the morphing technology is called an Escafil device, which I don't think we had the name for that before. Mm-mm. And at this point, it's super new. Aldrea says she's like the second person to try it even. Um, yeah, it's just super new and people know, like, 
Andalites know about it. Nobody else really knows about it. And she even mentions that most Andalites still don't really, they're like, what is that? I don't, that seems dangerous. I don't care for that. So like it hasn't caught on. It's not a known thing. Whereas in the main story, it's something that's incredibly common and all the Andalites have it. Um, Should we talk about I think that's kind of, that's like the main bulk of stuff we learn about the Andalites. Yeah, let's talk about the Yerks. Um, So one of the things that I want you to know that I wrote down, uh, a while ago I asked how do Yerks reproduce? And Mm -hmm. I want you to know my second note when the Yerks showed up was, I guess Yerks do reproduce sexually. What is, okay, so the quote was that he's born from the decaying bodies of my tripartite parents. What does that word mean? Uh, I could have Googled it when I was reading, but I didn't. I just Googled it right now. Shared by or involving three parties. That's it? That's all it means? Okay. So he has three parents. I guess. Hmm. So So they have a different kind of how they do reproduction, but it sounds like it's sexual. I was going to say it sounds like it's not sexual because he was born from the decaying bodies of them. That's like... But that could be like salmon. Oh, that's not pretty sexual, do they? Yeah. Is that sexual reproduction? I don't know what sexual reproduction means, maybe. Well, shit. I don't know. We need a biologist. Um, well, okay, but well, they don't fine. like... But they don't clone themselves. It's not like they right. don't split. Um, there is some kind of reproduction where there are parents of some kind. This or three could have a child, basically. He would yes. be dead, maybe, but, like, possibly have a child. Uh, we also know that he is a twin, which is why he has 6'6 six, six in his, in his uh, what is that? It's not a name. Anyway, um, so he has a twin, and I'm just throwing out there now, what if his twin is Visser 1? It could be. I don't know, because his twin barely is involved in any of this. I know. That's why it would be a really good twist. Another thing that we've learned about them, I just want to say, is that they have, like, yerk school and mm-hmm. training, and they can do research. But a thing that I just wrote down, and we don't have an answer for it, it's not really clear, but how does a yerk in the, in the pool study? In their own head. How? Just because you have eyeballs, don't lord it over Visor 3 just because he doesn't have any eyeballs. But like, He's already jealous. But, like, okay, we've talked about the pools. They look like a big roiling pot of mud, basically, with a bunch of worms. Yes. And in order to get data, either you have a, you plug into something or you get into a host and you read some stuff. How, how, like, is there a zone in the Yerk thing that's like, this is the Yerk school? I don't know. I, I mean, they had I, an infestation port or whatever. Like, it, clearly there are rooms within the pool. Anyway, I just thought I'd put that out there that I don't understand how that's possible. Yeah. We learn more about Yerk biology. We learn that they have sonar, because mm-hmm. they don't have eyes. They have sonar. And they have something called palps, which is a terrible word to say. <laughs> um, but they're like feelers, mm-hmm. and it's how they tell where they are. Yep. And we learn that they are pretty gifted with languages. Like, they can kind of switch languages at the drop of a hat, because they which have their own sense. language, but then they can also take the host body's language. Which I think that, that makes a lot of sense and also yeah. gels with like what we've seen. And we learned about their their hierarchy of viscers and subviscers, but that's really new at this point because the Yerks are pretty new into galactic conquering. Yeah. And yeah. also um, what this indicates, this book I think took, takes place maybe, hold on, I'm double checking. Um, 
it takes place in 1968 so like 20 oh, no 30 years before the books are actually happening so the years have only really been doing stuff about 30 years yeah and it seems like also the the like quote-unquote rebellion that they have against the andalites it's not really but you get the idea um when they start the war uh it's led by like two years who decide this is what we're gonna do yeah and then they just pick up a bunch of years and go but we do know they had the council yeah. before that. They did have a council. And I think the council basically agrees. But there are two that were clearly in charge. And then they come up with this idea of a hierarchy for their, like, sub-commanders, which is Vissers and sub-Vissers. Yeah. It, and we still, like, we've heard of the Council of Thirteen before, but we haven't really seen them. We still don't know a ton about them, other than that maybe they're kind of involved with the Visser stuff, but we don't really know. And it does sound like it's clear that you would become a Visser and you can maybe one day, one day be on the council but we don't actually see them or hear from them in any way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I feel I, like that's, that's kind of all we learn about the Yerks. Like, there's a lot of action with them, but that's all the new stuff we learn. I gotta say, I, this is one of the things I really, the good thing, even this book is really nuts, a lot of stuff happens, and it's just, I was telling someone earlier today, this book was such a slog for me, but not because it was bad. Uh, the first half, I kind of was like, uh, maybe the first quarter, I was like, okay, like, let's just get through this book. It's a slog. Why am I still reading this? Because uh, I didn't enjoy reading that first quarter. Um, mm -hmm. But it was hard to get through because it's just sad. It's like a tough book. And all yeah. stuff happens and that sucks. Um, but I still really liked this book because of all the shit we just learned. Like, I, I know we have more Same. to talk about. But I really liked how much we learned. Especially because you and I, whenever we talk about any of the aliens, we always have a million questions. Some of which I think we're never going to get answered. Like, do Yerks reproduce sexually? Um, but we actually got some kinds of answers to a lot of these questions that I, I didn't think we would ever hear from. Or like, same. Yerk, Yerk eyesight, or like, the, how the heck about the Yerk's training with a disabled host? Mm -hmm. That's something I didn't think we'd hear about. Yeah, same. So I agree wholeheartedly. I thought all the info we learned was great, but I also had a lot of trouble reading it. It was, it was a real tough slog yeah. you read. Usually when I, like, usually to prepare for this, I sit down, I read the book in like an hour, they're kids books they're short yeah but this one was like it felt really long and really slow to read and yeah it was like heavy yeah it's just i think it took a lot more thinking um just because i think the story was more complicated yeah and and i actually think we should get in i mean that's a great story for to get into but like i think um one of the things that made this book so mm, not i guess kind of slog like so so tough is that a lot of it is about morality and like ethics and um yep. and and more the morality and ethics yeah. of war and most of the characters in this book their moral compass is really fucked up like mm -hmm. they don't value other lives they value their own species only um and they don't care about using people as tools uh, and pretty much the only person who doesn't feel that way um zach who is, i think was maybe the only likable character in the whole book yeah um he also is the character who continually, I think, feels pressured to give in to what everybody else wants because he is well, trying he has to keep no people power. alive. Yeah. Yeah. And so it it, it's it like blackmail. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like he's being uh, blackmailed by the situation because he has no power. But if he tries to take power, his people will be killed. And like every other character is so unlikable because of it. Like I, I wrote a note that when I was, like, my husband just highlighted this. Uh, a note that I wrote about Aldrea, like, pretty early in the book, maybe, like, around the 80th page of the hardcover, not of the PDF, 
Um, I wrote, I really don't like Aldrea and her snooty Andalite vibes are a real bummer. Um, yeah. And that was like my feeling about Aldrea for a lot of the book was like, I don't like her. Same. Um, and she's, like, she's was, really, really manipulative. She is. And like, Espelin was also horrible. Like he's not a good person, but it, it felt easier to read and like enjoy Espelin because he, he's just evil. He's evil. Like he's a villain. Yeah. And he thinks, he doesn't, I don't know if he thinks of himself as a villain, but he doesn't think of himself as a good guy who's like doing nice things. Aldrea thinks that she's doing the right thing a lot. Like she's like, oh, I'm doing this for you. I'm helping you, even though she's not listening to him and he's being manipulative. Yep. It's hard to read that. Yeah. So, okay. So let me, there's a part I actually want to read that's like related to that. So what I wrote down, like my big, one of my big takeaways was um, that Dak has a stronger moral compass than any character in the series so far. Yeah. Like, than anybody human or otherwise right and so there's a part they're about to head into battle um and aldrea says um don't forget the hork bajir in that camp are not hork bajir they are yerks dak nodded his horned head have you fought in many battles aldrea she's uh, i'm she's a narrator she said i was surprised by the question no of course not but i have studied have you ever killed a fellow andalite no why would you you ask me to kill my own people today and to lead my people in killing their brothers, Dak said. You say they are not hork but Yerks. But when the dead have given up their souls to Mother Sky, there will be hork bodies lying dead. Dak, we've been over this, I exploded. It's too late to be worrying about all that. This is war. If you want your people to survive, you will be quiet, Aldrea, Dak said. He didn't shout. He said it calmly in a low voice. These are my people who will die today. Be quiet, Andalite be quiet and I read that and I was like that gets it (laughs) like he immediately assessed the situation and was like oh okay controllers those are still my people this is going to be trash and and like pushed back at her and was like you can't tell me to think of them as not my people because they are like you have no sense of morality these are not your people and you're using us as pawns Mm -hmm. really bad well, we see it a lot, that scene where she, where they're, like, attacking the Yurks, and she's telling all the hork to do what Dak does. Mm-hmm. And you can tell, like, Dak feels that weight of he's going to do something violent, and then all the hork will do something violent. Yeah. And, like, that is such a horrible weight that she has put on him. For her own benefit. Like, yeah. she claims it's for his benefit, but, like, it is to an extent, like, the Hork-Bajir are yeah. being attacked by the Yerk, but she only cares about the battle and about getting a message out to the Andalites. That's all she cares about, and she's not really focusing on what's happening for the Hork-Bajir. And she's not thinking about Dak's feelings. Like, I think part of her, and, and I don't know if, I don't know, like, it feels like she is so, she believes in the rightness of her own opinions and her own, like, culture so much that she is so she's just blind to what, she just can't even perceive what Dak is, um, is feeling or thinking. And she still thinks they're friends in a way where like, I think he thinks like is a weird friendship that they sort of have, but like, she definitely doesn't understand where he's at at all to the point where like half of the book where he's definitely already not interested. Like she, he's kind of, I think hurt by her. Yeah. Um, and he's asleep and they're in like underground basically or like they're in the bottom of the valley thing and she's watching him sleep and she says 
he said he'd do anything for me. He said it in a way that, no, that was ridiculous. We were different species, totally, completely different. And yet I enjoyed spending time with him. I enjoyed talking with him. I missed him when we were separated. Um, and so she's talking about like how she's interested in him. And like she has this romantic vibe and like she, like they're so close. And like literally the next page is just him being like, uh, I did not believe Aldrea was bad, not in the way Yerks were bad, but Aldrea had lied to me. Aldrea was an Andalite first, my friend second, and she was hungry for revenge against the year. That was the next yeah. page. So, like, Aldrea thinks that there's more, and there isn't. I mean, there sort of is, but, like... There sort of is, but still. And so she can do all these things, she's manipulating him, and, like, still think that there's some kind of friendship, or, like, think that he thinks there's a friendship, and there's just not. Like... Yeah. Because at that point, he's like, you're using me. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, I have to stay connected to you because that's the only way I'll help my people, but you're using me. And even when she's treating him like he's special, she still treats the other Horkwajir like they're idiots. Yeah. Can I read another quote? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one point where, um, hold on, let me find the, like, main thing. Um, <laughs> he's, like, talking about how frustrated he is that uh, people keep saying the Horkwajir are stupid. Um, and she is like, oh, they're just, they're just teasing. Like, she, she's like, oh, it's just racism. Don't worry. He obviously doesn't like that. Um, she basically says, like, but they're not talking about you. They know that you're different. And he's like, that doesn't matter. Like, what the fuck yeah. is wrong with you? That doesn't matter. And he says, you almighty Andalites, there is no limit to your arrogance, is there? Well, let me tell you something. We may be simple people, but we don't use biology to invent monsters. And we don't enslave other species. And we don't unleash a plague of parasites on the galaxy, endangering every other free species, and then go swaggering around like the lords of the universe. No, we're too simple for that. We're too stupid to lie and manipulate. We're too stupid to be ruthless. We're too stupid to know how to build powerful weapons designed to annihilate our enemies. Until you came, Andalite, we were too stupid to know how to kill. Which is, like, just a really good shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then she lies to him right after, and she says, like, um, if it, I, I hope it never comes to a choice between my people and you, but if it does, I'll stand with you. And then he says, I didn't believe her. And she admits later, she was lying. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he tells her you're being a jerk. And she just continues. She doesn't care. It's, it's truly, it makes it so hard to read. Like when I, what I found when I was reading this book is like the, every Aldrea chapter, I was like, please let it be over soon. And I want a that yeah. chapter. Or even Espelin, because at least Espelin, like, he's funny. Like, I actually think Espelin was yeah. fun to read. Yeah, pretty good. Um, he definitely has those, those strong Visser 3 vibes. Like, I definitely wrote in my notes. Um, Espelin working his way up that corporate ladder. Like, he was definitely, so reading that is very fun and funny. Uh, it made yep. me wish that there would be an, an Animorphs book told in his perspective, because I bet it'd be a blast. Um, but, like, I agree. the Eldrea chapters were so hard, because all, like, Every time I was reading, I was like, oh, she's just hurting him more. And he's someone who's really doing his best to be a friend to her and being punished for it every time. Which at the end, when they basically, they got together and they got married or whatever, I was mad about that because that's just yeah. a toxic relationship and he doesn't need that. He deserves better. <laughs> and like, I, I get that at the end, she truly did choose him over her people. But um, she didn't intend to. And she did it because she was trapped. And it and she needed somebody to be with her. Like that's well, it. The, but she did choose him over her people in terms of the virus. Like oh sure sure I meant like okay yeah 
like the, like the end where she morphed. Although I don't know, I don't know, I couldn't decide if I thought that was intentional or not. Um, I thought dang. it was not intentional. I could read it both ways, but like the at the end, she truly does make a choice to side with him because of that virus. Yeah, uh, which we haven't talked about that much. It is that thing I did not see coming at all. I thought that the same animals were up something up something bad, but I didn't think they were like we'll just wipe out all the horkbajir and that's fine. That was yep. genuinely so upsetting. Um, yeah. When they realize what that is, I wonder if they can find that page because I was like, are you kidding me? This is, it's, I mean, it's genocide is what they're talking about. Truly. Basically, the setup for this scene is they, she morphs into Prince Alaran and she goes into the secret room with Zach and she asks the computer to identify the purpose of the facility and it's talking about how it's making biological specimens. Um, and so it's making this thing called virus Q118. Um, and so here's uh, my heart skipped a beat. Why would anyone be creating a virus? Explain the exact purpose of virus Q118. Uh, virus Q118 is a quantum virus. It is designed to attack a specific type of living creature at the subatomic level, bypassing all possible countermeasures. It is designed to cause death within minutes. No, I whispered. Ask it what kind of, what specific type of living creature, Zach demanded. For a moment, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't they just couldn't because the computer would answer. The computer would tell the truth, and I, and I couldn't hear the truth. Ask it, that Zach snapped. Computer, what species is virus Q118 designed to attack? Pork-Bajir. That is such a sick moment. Um, yeah. It's, it was really, I didn't expect it at all. It's horrible. And then, and like, she says, uh, no, Zach says it in the next chapter. Like, he's the one who really calls out what, what's going on here. He says that the virus is, the virus is a, was an admission of failure. The Andalites couldn't save the Hork-Bajir, so rather than let them fall into your cans, it would annihilate them. Like, that's, oh, I mean, could you, the horrific moment of that realization, that's a bit awful for him. Yeah, the Andalites are bad guys. They were willing to just go, like, this problem, too hard to solve. Genocide, that's the answer. What? Yeah. Aldrea tries to do a little bit of protesting, like, this is not us, this is not who we are, and he's just like, it doesn't matter. Like, she says that it's not the the andalites the andalite electorate would never support this and he, he's just like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah this is when this is when she admits that she was lying um when she told him that she would choose him before yeah um, because he said i didn't believe you when you said you, if you were forced to choose you would choose me of course you didn't choose to be, you didn't believe it aldrea said i was lying once again and then he just sort of says no more lies and they agree so that's kind of the resolution to that it's also like if if you were able to make a virus that would take out all the Hork-Bajir, couldn't you make a virus that would take out the Yerks? Like, why would you go after, like, agreed, the virus is a bad idea. Yeah. But also the premise of it is illogical, of like, you really just want to take out the middleman? Like, that makes no sense. Yeah, I don't understand. There must be some reason that they can't do the Yerks, because that would make way more sense. Like, it's just an obvious amount of more sense it would make. That would also not be okay, but you know. But if, if at least they're actively in choice. war with the Yerks and not with their, they're not trying to kill their allies. Yeah, it's it's such a horrible moment, um, and that I mean that is genuinely when she chooses him over yeah the Andalite people who are there, and I think she had to know at that point like this isn't going to end well because it's not like she has a ship to leave the planet on. Yeah. That they end up together, I guess that's cool. I don't know. I wish... I don't like it. 
I wish that there was more, I, I don't wish there was more of this book, but I also kind of wish there was a little more. Um, not that I really want to know about their relationship that much, but I kind of want to know, like, were they together because that was the only option? Because at that point, like, how many free hork were there left? Um, well, I want to know how they, how they got off the planet and how eventually they presumably inevitably did get captured by the Yerk because their descendants were controllers you know yeah and like we don't there's just so much we don't like that he he kisses her or like he does like the the hork kiss at some point yeah where they like touch their horns yeah and actually i don't like the end of this like i guess it's kind of it's implied right not implied we know they get together and have at least one child but like i don't think that the end of it is romantic like i don't think that the no, way he describes not. her at the end is romantic so what i what i'm curious about is again was it was a no option thing like it's like a marriage of convenience or is it like a trauma bonding thing right like they both experience mm-hmm. some really horrific trauma together they experience it in different ways but like did that do it like i just because the end yeah. is not romantic like this is what he said about Andrea on the last page which is like this is a part where you expect to say something like i don't know like she was so beautiful or like We'd gone through so much together, but at the end of the day, like she was the one. Mm-hmm. Um, and what he says is not that. He says, um, I was Dak Hamib, Horkbajir Seer, but I could not see the future. I could not see the hope I knew must be there. But I could see Aldrea, a diff- different now, a Horkbajir, and yet still Aldrea. I could see her, and that would be enough. I could see her, her who had been manipulating and lying and being selfish the whole time. Great, good. What a great ally. And even Andrea, she's like, they're talking about what they have, like, uh, the, the, like some of the people will survive the virus, so the virus does get released, and he's like, oh, I guess who are going to survive, and she's like, and us, for now, for a while, we will have us. Like, it's just not super romantic. No, it's like very final. So I don't, I don't think that they had like a great romance for the ages. No. All in all, very dark. Um... Actually, you know what this brings me back to is the thing we had talked about before of, like, this really not actually being a kid series. Yeah. I would not want my kids to read this book at the age at which, like, the main Animorph series is read at. This feels like a much older book. Yeah. Like, this is for the older kids who are still into the series. I think we said this, too, about Megamorphs, was that that book, it's older in a different way just because it's longer. But, like, this book is so morally complex. And, like, talking about war in this way is hard. Yeah. It's very brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, not to say that kids can't read that kind of content. It, I'm just recognizing that, like, clearly these bigger chapter books are meant for a different subset of readers than the main books. I would say this is a book that if your child reads the Animorphs, let's say, right? If I were a parent and my child was reading the Animorphs, I would want to have more conversations with them about this book. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly. Like, when I was very young, not, I don't know how old I was, I was in, I want to say middle school, maybe not quite middle school, I read The Diary of Anne Frank, mm-hmm. and I remember that it was on a shelf at my school, and I was like, I want to read that book. I didn't know a ton about it, and, like, I think my experience of, like, Holocaust education is shaped by my family being Jewish, it's, like, it's, it's just sure. a different kind of education, but I remember I wanted to read the book, because I kind of knew who Anne Frank was, but, like, I was young. And my teacher told me, you can read it. Like, you have the ability to read it. 
but you have to go home and tell your mom you're going to read it because and basically the, the thought Smart was teacher. like Anne Frank is to, like, Anne Frank nothing so terrible happens in the book in terms of like you don't read about a, a camp um but it's still a book that a parent should be aware their child is reading so they can talk about it because there's some yeah, really because scary they will stuff. have questions yeah and and to me this book is obviously i'm not saying this book is the same as Anne frank that is not what i am saying um but like this book to me has the same kind of like these this book has some really big questions and some ideas that i think are hard yeah. and especially if you're somebody because to me while this book is about an alien war it's kind of about all war Oh, it's it's about all war exactly yeah and and like we read um in our last episode the like inner sleeve and and like Kay Applegate saying she wanted to show like a gray area of of war and stuff like that but to me like I read this and I was like I don't get a gray area I get that both sides are bad and that yeah. like people are often caught in the middle and that that's the problem with war I didn't yeah. get that there was like a good or bad gray area there's just that the andalites were being shitty and the yurks were being shitty period like that's it and i would imagine like if you are someone who maybe has relatives like either immediate or further who are in the military i think this book is also really challenging i would bet oh yeah that's an interesting take yeah in the same way that like i think there are lots of books right now that are about police brutality that i think and there are books that are aimed for kids that talk a little bit in a, a kid-friendly way about police brutality that I think if you know somebody who's a cop in your family or your friend group it's probably really challenging to read that as a child when you you're like I yeah. know that this is bad but like my dad is not a bad person I think that's something that this book must be really challenging in, in a similar way in terms of like if the message of this book is war is really like there's no winners in a war um and like often people who are on either side are doing horrible things to people who are in the middle. Um, if you're, if you know, your mom or your dad or your brother or whatever, someone in your family is a soldier, I think this is a really complicated thing to think about because you don't want to think about point. your relative. Yeah, that's a bad. really great point. Mm -hmm. And nobody aside from that comes out good in this book. Yep. Like, there's you're no right. nice Andalite. Nope, there sure aren't. Yeah, the, no, the, like, the farther we get in the series, the more I'm just, like, they're awful. <laughs> like, I need a redeeming Andalite, because Axe is not, is not the redeeming Andalite at this point. Like, yeah. we're not there. We haven't found one. My hope, my hope for Axe, or a different Andalite, I don't really care, but I think Axe by the one, is that Axe is going to have to go through some challenging things that make him question his Andalite upbringing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going, and I, I, I want to make a prediction that we'll bring Go. back in our season two, you know, recap thing. My prediction, and probably not for this season, I think probably we're talking like the last 10 books. Yeah. Um, is that Axe is going to really question a lot of his Andalite stuff, upbringing. Yeah. And it's going to come around to like a more, I want to use the word human, but I don't really mean human, but like. Less extreme. Yeah, like less Andalite, more in line with some of the what some of the animorphs, other animorphs are saying. Yeah, but also like, the animorphs don't have a great moral compass either. Like, no, if he can just get somewhere close to Hork Bajir, maybe we don't have to have war. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he's gonna definitely, and I, I would say probably. Well, I don't know about the animorphs. I think probably Axe has a good chance of making movement. I don't think the animorphs do though. Yeah, I think the animorphs are going to get more tra uh, traumatized. Yeah. 
I think that's a very easy to make prediction. Um, yeah. Do you think no, the whole thing that, that the horse are going to be more involved in the story going forward, other than I hope in, in so. a capacity beyond just like tools. I I hope so. Um, I hope we aren't just dropping them off in the valley and then leaving them there. Like I hope we actually like maybe they can come back. Okay, so like. I don't want them to have to come back and be allies and fight the war. Clearly they don't want to, but I hope that they can come back and like in the same way in the, this book that they present like a foil to like, we have to fight the war. Like I want the, the Animorphs to be reminded of that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or the Yerks or the Andalites or whoever to be reminded that like, hey, what if you thought about life another way? Or even for yeah. the horse to act in like a healing is not the word, but like that kind of capacity, right? Where like, this their home is a space where an andalite could go and just be like here we're not going to talk about war we're just going to be peaceful and quiet maybe because they're they I mean they are making a home for themselves there that is very peaceful that is safe um, and either that's for animorphs or theoretically other aliens that they might free like to have that as a what space. about the chi you know yeah or like even what i'd really like to know this is, I don't know if this is going to happen, but like, what if they free another, like a human, uh, send them uh, to the valley? Because that's a place to heal, and also you're not worried about thinking you're fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, that could be a really good role for the Hork Bajir to play as like a, as like kind of healers. I like that idea. That's a great idea. Fingers crossed. That would be very satisfying to me. Yeah. I also All right. would like them to have a family called the Hambies. <laughs> <laughs> Bees made of ham. Oh man, this is a tough book. I think, but I think that is the book, right? I think we've done it. I think, I think we've so. accomplished it. Yeah. You want to read the back of book 14? Yes, it's time for homework. Next week we'll be back to a, a regular high school class. We're done with seminar for a minute. <laughs> um, it'll be back though, because they're more chronicles, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so the next book, it looks like it's a Cassie book. It's called The Unknown. Uh, on the cover, it's got Cassie morphing into a horse. Um, and the cover has the little tagline is never underestimate the power of a morph. Mm -hmm. And then hold on. I'm reading it online. Um, there's a new rumor in town. Someone has discovered an item that proves life on other planets exists. And they've been hiding it in a base called zone 91, the most secret place on earth. Cassie and the other animorphs already know about life on other planets too. Well, their enemies, the Yerks will try and access zone 91 to find out if what's there threatens their mission to conquer the planet. So the Animorphs decide to pay Zone 91 and the Yerks a little visit. But what they discover is not at all what they expect. Dun dun hmm. da. Alright, well that sounds interesting. Uh, yeah, I hope, this is my hope for the next book, is that it's a little lighter. Yeah, same. It's not that I don't want to talk about deep things, but... But we could use a break. I want to laugh more. This is not a laughing episode. Yeah, and we're not in a laughing time ourselves, so... You know... All right. Um, uh, where can they find us? Well, they can find us on Instagram at the Book Report Pod, and on Facebook at the Book Report. And if they need to email us, it's we love animorphs at gmail.com. And if you have a spoiler to send us, don't. But don't. if you have to, if it's like important to you that you tell us something, just send it to us with the word spoiler in the title, and we'll have husband of the pod Dan or someone else read it and tell us what we got to know um yep make sure you follow us on our various platforms interact with us there if you have opinions comment them share them yeah we want to hear them 
rate and review us on your various podcast things. We would like that. Podcast reviews make me happy. <laughs> I don't want to speak for Natalie, but they make me happy. No, no, no. They make me happy too. For okay. Sure. They make us both happy. Um, yeah. yeah. Send us your, if you have a really good review, maybe we'll read it. But like a good yeah. one. Yeah. Make it yeah. make it fun. Um, is that everything? I think that's everything. Is there anything else going on that we talk about? Nope. I don't think so. Nope. Goodbye, all. Join us next week for a regular episode. See you later. Bye. like that um i sing like that to my cats all day do you do that to lysander no